It's December 26, 2017, and this is Insight Out, the Naked Truth, coming to you live from the Santa Cruz Mountains of Northern California, from Lupin Lodge, where clothing is optional, but the truth is always naked. I'm Errol Strider. And I'm Rochelle Alicia Strider, and we welcome you once again to our home at Lupin Lodge. We invited you over tonight for some conversation about the human condition and what to make of it, with all its eccentricities sprinkled with laughter, good music, and the many voices of Errol Strider. Oh, sure it is. We're going to get to hear those voices. I love those voices, don't you, Professor? Absolutely, my dear father. They're lovely voices. Would you agree? But, but, but Bonnie, oh, yes, I'm so sorry. But I agree. What do you know my name now? We've been friends and on this show forever. Yeah, yeah, let's hear some voices. Well, thank you, guys. That's going to be great. We're going to hear some wonderful voices tonight. And our show, by the way, is sponsored by Go Raw. And this is just a perfect time to, to indulge as you make your New Year's resolution. resolution. <laughs> You You may have revelations, but you need to make resolutions. Yeah, resolutions, as in resolutions, which is like resolution and a revelation. It's a twofer. (laughs) Go Raw is our sponsor. They make raw food that's delicious and nutritious. If you're going to make a New Year's resolution, resolve to try Go Raw and take good care of your body while you give yourself a treat. Yes, and they can be found at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, and the organic section of Costco, to name a few. I mean, just go to GoRaw.com to find out where GoRaw can be found in your neighborhood. As 2018 approaches, we're very aware that this year could be the start of something big. So we've picked this could be the start of something big (laughs) as our featured phrase of the week. Of course, that something big could be even bigger wildfires, more strife, global warming calamities, or even more divisive partisanship, if that's possible. But I'd like to hold the notion that that big something will be very positive. Think, major healing of bodies, hearts, and minds. New healthy babies for every second born on the planet at the last count, by the way. Warring places breaking out in peace, falling in love, amazing artistic creations, moments of enlightenment, and record profits shared with everyone responsible for them. So let's raise our expectation level for blessings, big ones, which might just be beyond our normal expectation level. So we're glad you can join us tonight, because we may evoke a hint, a foreshadowing of that big, beautiful something that is coming our way. Remember, we've got insights, and they can be really profound, and even more, any one of them could be the start of something big. You agree? Oh, yeah. This moment is the moment that could be the start of something big. Big, like more than the moment before. And it can never stop. Each moment bigger than the last. It is how we grow cumulatively. Each moment expanding upon the last until our bigness is eternal. And eternity has no end. So this very well could, will, be the start of something big. It's getting bigger as we speak. Can't you just feel it? Well, I think of the bigness as consciousness, not situations. If everything that happens allows our consciousness to grow bigger, then that is really the start of something big. What does that mean for our consciousness to grow bigger? That's very provocative, and it can be a little abstract. What is our consciousness? How does it get bigger? That's what we want to take a look at. Our consciousness exists on more than one level. 
we become conscious of, on a very material biological level, become aware of things. The awareness allows us to be more conscious of other things. So in that sense, on a biological level, our consciousness is always expanding. And then there's the level of spirituality, where our consciousness is expanding into a union with the allness, which one can think of as God, or the mystery, or however you like to speak of that, which you don't really know anything about. <laughs> and so as we join with that, it gets bigger. So we get closer to it. I have a physical therapist, and we talked about the metaphor of the broken mercury. Mercury. So when mercury splits into like little tiny little pieces, and then it starts coming together, and as it gets closer to each other, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it becomes a whole thing. So in that way, each little particle of us being human on the planet as we get closer to each other, to the union where there's no separation, we become bigger. I think of consciousness as everything that you're aware of consciously and unconsciously. Of course, the notion that there's the conscious mind and there's the subconscious mind. And lo and behold, there is a superconscious mind. And that part of the mind is where our mind humble though it may be, interfaces with the vast, unlimited mind that is infinite consciousness. How infinite consciousness can downgrade itself to where it will fit into this little tiny little person's brain, electrochemical system, individual consciousness, and then proceeds to bring that person out from that little person brain, small frame of reference, tiny little perceptions kind of guy into an ever-expanding, ever-becoming more aware and ever-becoming more capable of creating reality anew. Yeah, that's what this here, this life, this could be the start of something big. Just to reinforce that, Let's listen to this. You're walking along the street, or you're at a party, or else you're alone, and then you suddenly dig. You're looking in someone's eyes, you suddenly realize this could be the start of something big. You're lunching at 21 and watching your diet Declining a Charlotte Russe, accepting a fig Went out of a clear blue sky, it's suddenly gal and guy And this could be the start of something big well, There's no controlling the unrolling of your fate, my friend Who knows what's written in the magic book but when a lover you discover at the gate, my friend, invite her in without a second look. You're up in an airplane, a diamond at Sardis, or lying at Malibu, alone the sand. You suddenly hear a bell, right away you can tell. This could be the start of something grand. What's written in the book But when a lover you discover At the gate, my friend Invite her in without a second look You're an airplane Or dining at Sardis Or lying at Malibu Alone in the sand You suddenly hear a bell Right away you can tell her That this could be the start of something Bobby Dern, live. This could be the start of something big. 
Boy, we've had a wonderful week of Bobby Darren. When I started looking for that song, and then I got back into the world of Bobby Darren, what a talent. And like two of my other favorite creative musical artists, he died too young. Do you know who the others were? Mozart. Mozart and George Gershwin. But they left a legacy of <laughs> music and yeah. sound and yeah, beauty. Yeah, they, they left a ton of it. It's so funny because this is such a romantic version of start of something big and you meet somebody well, and you know yeah. two people come together. Oh. And the thing is that I think that can happen with not without the romance, but more than the romance. Like you meet another person and because you are two people, you can create something bigger as a result of it. That doesn't mean that you're having a romance necessarily in creating family and all that. But you have an opportunity, like two minds come together, like George and Ira. It created all this great music. It wasn't just George's music, but the lyrics of Ira Gershwin were incredible. And don't forget Laurel and Costello. (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget Laurel and Costello. Or was it Abbott and Hardy? (laughs) (laughs) And the mind of silliness combines with the mind of uh, genius to come up with... Insanity. <laughs> I've always wondered, what was Lou Costello Abbott doing before they met each other? What was Laurel doing? What was what were they doing? No one ever heard of them. That's they were a, looking for each other. They were. And when their eyes met, that was the start of something it, big. It was something big. <laughs> it's probably true. There was a moment there of meeting. Good evening. Excuse me for interrupting, Harold, but Rochelle said something. I didn't want to get too far away from it. This is Professor Umbridge, of course. But when she mentioned her, any time two beings actually connect at what we say the center of their being, it inevitably is the start of something big because, in fact, a new being is emerging in reality that it is the summation or transcends the summation of the two parts that you are and becomes a brand new whole that is developing and expressing its life in the universe. And it's just getting going. It's a lovely thing. And that's why any time you have a genuine contact of some clarity and honesty with another human being, you have, in fact started something big because you've just ignited love at a new level that's showing up in this new relationship which is the very start of something big relationship. I totally agree Professor Umbridge and I'm aware that not only is the relationship with another human but it can be the relationship with anything like the relationship with a scene a scenic view and a painter. They bring that together, and all of a sudden, there's a great work of art. The same way with music. A single human being listens to something in its head, and then writes down notes. Music is born. All these things become bigger. It's this absolute relationship that you spoke of, Professor, that we come center to center with. From that relationship comes something huge, big, with a B-I-G-G-G. What makes those relationships get big is what you put into them. It's like the same thing with your body. What you eat is going to determine a lot how the body shows up and behaves. So what of your individuality you bring to that relationship that makes it grow and become more fecund is where you have agreement, any place you and the other has agreement that is in line with the fundamental agreement that is the foundation of reality. You could almost say that God is absolute agreement of all being within itself. In other words, there's no discrepancy that shows up in the all-beingness. So that's why when we can bring our whole being with no discrepancy, no withhold, no contrived self, which is called the ego, then you have just entered into this wholeness that is willing, able, and in fact determined to take you into an ever-expanding consciousness, awareness, and unending contribution. 
That's a lot of words. Man, boy, I... I think you really did start something big. <laughs> I did. I got, they, they started just tumbling out. And after I got through a few of the words, I realized, well, those words were not adequate. So I added some more words. And then I looked <laughs> back on those going. words. And it kept going. And I thought, yeah, but you need to really add this. I thought of something as you were talking and maybe boiling it down to a very fundamental place. But there's this sense of talent. What is talent? The musician, obviously, is a talent for music. And the talent comes into union with something. And that creates the product or the biggerness of the union between the talent and that which it's focused on. So talent has a big place in creating big things. And they hand it out very discriminately. I wonder if it's handed out as discriminately but we just don't know what to do with it. I look at children and they're wonderful. You know, as their talent emerges, you know, how how many fires of that talent get fanned or how many get uh, pushed aside because society says, well, you know, don't go there. You won't make a living. You won't make a living. That is so common (laughs) in all cultures. Right. And so what happens is like so much of the talent is, is discarded as not important unless it it has a particular look to it. Ah, yeah, this is uh, Professor Schnitzel, and they are finding a planet that they have recently discovered, and it actually has life, and the planet on that planet is the arts. Artistic people are the ones that are dominant, and and so the poor children there, they are destined for the artistic genius, and and the parents uh, in, are insisting on it, and they're going, yeah, but can't I just go out and make money and have a job? <laughs> Send them to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take them. <laughs> Well, yeah, but the people there, they are on this planet when they have uh, evolved to a state on which they have sorted out the values and that lower brain that often causes friction or war and cruelty and, and all kinds of dissociating from the main self, that has been subjugated and put in its place, and its place is in the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> Yeah, and you can go. Professor Schnitzel, you've eaten something weird tonight. You can go to Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Zoo for Cincinnati. That's where they put them because it was a. It's a very hilly place, Cincinnati, and when they are thinking that it's not far from the center of the country, but and they are building others. They're building one in New Brunswick, and they are bringing one in Dresden. They're bringing over here to. uh, to my country, but uh, they're not going to transport the eagles that are uh, very heavy because there's too much taken. But they're only bringing light eagles over to a Dresden Zoo, Eagle Zoo. And why light? What, I mean, what do you mean by light? Light like they see things because they have a light inside them, or they're uh, light because they don't weigh very much. <laughs> they don't. The eagle doesn't weigh very much. They don't bring so much pass along with it, which keeps it weighted down. Or they are, they are, they are more recently creating the eagle nature, which is a defensive nature. But they don't have such big defenses that they are heavy and weighted down. Or so they come to Dresden and all the Dresden knights look at them and they wave at them and they blow kisses and show enough these. Heavy Dresden? I thought you were going to Cincinnati. That, no, that's the first one, but then we're going to have one in Dresden, and, and at their, their people will wave at them and blow kisses, and the light eagle will, will just <laughs> fall away. <laughs> Professor, I, I'm just trying to imagine, so we're going to have an ego zoo in Cincinnati, <laughs> New Brunswick? Well, what? Yeah, yeah, I didn't make this election. This is what they do on the other planets. And they have a place called Cincinnati there, too. And when they first built it, they said to themselves, Ah, this could be the start of something big. Well, thank thank you. you, We finally got there. Uh, You know, but it is a new year. And to help us bring it in, uh, just to get a little flavor of it. It's a new year coming. Yeah, it's coming along. And this is B.B. King. At the stroke of midnight On that great big holiday We're gonna have a ball and 
the stroke of midnight on that great big holiday, we're going to have a ball. And that ain't all. I'm going to chase the booze away. Ah, so listen, dear, won't you meet me here while I'm bringing in a brand new year? And he goes on to say, I got my resolution made, going to ride above the stars. We might even take a trip to Mars. (laughs) And we actually might take a trip to Mars, some of us. That's fun, BB King. BB Thank King. you, BB King. I met I met BB King, and it was a very uh, poignant moment. I've shared this uh, on our program, but it's worth repeating if you've heard it. I was getting on a plane at an airport with a friend of mine to take care of some business in Las Vegas, and he's looking. He starts talking with someone behind me. He's looking over my shoulder. Who's he? Uh, my friend Robert, who has oh. since passed. Anyway, and then he gets up and he walks around. I look to see where he's going, and sure enough, it's B.B. King. They're having a conversation, my uh, friend Robert. And the thing that jumped out at me about that conversation, I don't know how we got around to it, but he made the comment. He said, you know, I've met a lot of people. (coughs) Wow, sorry. He just sneezed and blew my eardrums out. He met a lot of people in his life, and he concluded that people generally were pretty good. Folks are pretty good, or something to that effect. So thank you, B.B. King, for contributing to that pretty goodness that your music contributed. If you think about all the different music that's going on right now and how people are being moved by it, and right now people are starting something big in their life. I mean, it's got to be happening out of six, seven billion people. There's got to be a lot of big things starting right now and since I first brought it up. I have to agree. It can't be any other way. This is uh, Rabbi Greenberg. I would say, too, of course there's big things happening. Not the least of which is what you think is a little thing that you, but the fact is you are bringing up the next big opportunity that is you in the middle of life because every moment is an opportunity to to become bigger to see more to understand more and you think you've got a lot of senses now five senses plus a little bit but wait till you keep 
deepening into the universe, you're going to have more senses than you know what to do with. Ooh. <laughs> you won't know what to, which sense to use first. That'll be the problem. You'll be so rich with senses that are able to interact with reality and communicate and share information through all these varied senses that your task will be how to, how to keep it integrated in focus. Huh? So, wow, that's a, that's a future look. <laughs> yeah, the future look. But I like to try and get it the big that's starting up. I like to see where it's going. And uh, figure out maybe I get a little hint, I get a little... And, and sure enough, we have people that come into the planet that give us hints, the great prophets, the great teachers. They don't always get a lot of press. Uh, they don't get necessarily a lot of followers. They, but uh, they get a, a lot of them get a version of what they brought to the planet, whether it's Christianity or Buddhism or Judaism or Zoroasterism. And for all you Zoroasters out there, this is your moment, so be sure that you speak highly of yourself because this Zoroasterians is the start of something big. <laughs> Zoroasterians, you know, I don't think a lot about. I bet very few people know what that Zoroastrians. is. I know they were a sect, and 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 a lot of our culture. We owe to the Zoro, Zoro, and 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 they were the ones who gave birth to Zoro. I think the no, I the, don't think so. The Mexican. I think they were totally Zorro? different. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> but you can think that if you want. It sounds good. I love Zoro. I love it when the Zoro goes, and you see the Z on it. <laughs> it's one of the world's oldest extant religions. Uh, it came from Mazda Yasna. That was its, uh, the natives called it, combining a cosmogonic dualism. Boy, there's that. There's that word. And eschatological monotheism ah, in a manner unique <laughs> among the major religions of the world. Wow. So, in other words, they've got like a couple different things going. They've got the monotheism, and they've got this uh, this cosmogenic, cosmogenic. I never heard that. And that, to me, is it exalts a deity of wisdom as its supreme being, and and it's just um, it's just a very powerful religious system that just hasn't got a lot of coverage. I think of all the um, beings who came way before us, who had uh, been touched by the allness, been touched by cosmic reality, who planted seeds on this planet, you know, and they're slow-growing seeds because they are what's underneath the ground. You know, like some trees like have such a great uh, system underground that needs a lot of uh, nourishing and watering before it becomes a tree. I think that's true with um, great truth. It needs a lot of nourishing before it can unfold and take when well, it takes root, but until it begins to sprout, and then we can feel the effects of it in our very lives. And some people. I think even at this moment in time are filled with those seeds, you know, have been touched by those seeds and, and they are planting more seeds as a result of it. I was just thinking how they're watered. I, you know, Errol, can I jump in here? This is Barney. I, I, I don't want to cut you off, but I was thinking the same thing. How are these seeds watered? And, and I real I think it's like getting them the right information that's going into the system. I think, like you said earlier, Rochelle, a lot of people have talent and they have the genius and they got the seeds in there, but uh, they uh, grow up in an environment in which they are, uh, the information they're getting in has no way to resonate or connect with the seed of, and the talent that they are because it's, it's incompatible, let alone even close in, to, to be there for. And Rochelle, she is the one who who was had that openness, and yet, 
when I speak for myself and I speak for other people whose families were not necessarily communicating that, and yet there's something within us, those who are responsive and resonant to the all-being and the quality and the nature of that being, that we want to seek after it. Something breaks through into the stream of consciousness, and those of us who get this calling uh, uh, can do nothing but respond. And why why somebody gets it and somebody else don't get it, you know, I think the answer to that could be the start of something big. Yeah, really big. Okay, Barney, I'll second that. Well, yeah, that's the answer to that. That, that is a curious thing. But I don't want to get distracted from the moment that we're living now. Because this moment, by the way, is... Notice how I said this moment, and it continued to be this moment, even though I said it back then? Right. Now, it's an amazing thing about the now. That is so clever on this moment's part. <laughs> it's always there. <laughs> it's always there. <laughs> and it, it's just a delightful thing to And then experience. it's filled with what was. It, it was, And immediately what was somehow gets incorporated. But on the other hand, this is where the ego really builds its up its nature, is that if you have a past that's unresolved, in the sense that you experience some sort of, of, of damage, you were blamed or you were shamed or you were hurt or you were rejected, and it creates a spasm of, that's not been met back in that moment in which it was created. So in a sense, it started something big, but not necessarily good big, because this spasm then seeks in each subsequent moment to try and get that massage that it didn't get in the first place, which was the forgiveness that it needed so it could release that moment and move on and embrace the next one. Good. Right? <laughs> this is Father O'Malley there, and to say it is good there, it was, it was such a sweeping statement that it made me want to get the there were the broom, actually, because I wanted to sweep up some of those words and see which ones uh, like being in the sentences that you use there and which ones had other sentences they want to hop onto. And that's the nature of words. You know, they're a bit fickle. You know, they'll just go into any sentence that, that, that wants to use them. And, 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 and it's funny, though, that they have on television there's certain words that people are not allowed to use. And it shows you what a contradiction it is in our cultural consciousness that one of those very words, uh, uh, which starts with the letter F, and I know which one you know I'm talking about, is they won't let them use it, and yet some people use it every third syllable in any given sentence they're talking. So it's the F and this and the F and that, and and then before you know it, people get F all over them, and... <laughs> and once they get it all over them, they have to get it off. And that's why people say to each other, and forgive me for my language, they, they say to other people, get the fuck off. Now, what they're saying there is, I know you don't use it, but they're, they're not telling them to go away. They're saying, look at there, I got this fuck all over my body. Could you get it off, please? And they just don't say it that because they're so upset about the being, being covered all over with the fuck. Because it's 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 not the kind of fuck that they wanted in the first place, and so they want to get it off so they can get a good fuck, and because they know that would be the start of something really big. Oh my God! Well, I've never. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm actually a little blushing to hear you use that word. So it's like effing big. Really, <laughs> but thank you, Father. I feel like in some ways you resurrected. Uh, the the value of that word and remind us that it does stand for one of the things that start off big starting off things that there is on the planet. If you think of all the times it leads to a new life, wow! That's right, and it's hard sometimes to believe that it became like dirty. You know how did it evolve? How did it evolve? into uh, what we consider bad language or street language or bad, you know, whatever. When it, you know, started off as this quietest, this wonderful coupling that leads to birth. <laughs> it, I still find myself somewhat uncomfortable when I hear it being used so much, especially by uh, women on TV shows. Mm-hmm. And 
they just say it all the time. Everybody says it. It's just part of the language. And a clever little thing there, it just slithered in and became an, an integral part of the language. And you know why? It was jealous of the word the. <laughs> yeah. People don't know this, but the, it saw how much the was in the language. And Fox said, fuck that. Fuck the. I can get in there and, and, and be as big as it is. And so you have... What you have is the fuck competition. That that uh, thought could be the start of something big. <laughs> <laughs> or something that's going to get very big deteriorated. <laughs> or not get you played on too many stations. <laughs> Before we go too much further, we, we started off with um, Bobby Darren. I wanted to play this song by Bobby Darren because it's a beautiful message. And it comes from a Broadway show Here's Bobby Darren singing, I Believe in You. Of a seeker of wisdom and the truth Yet there's that upturned chin And the grin of impetuous youth Solid judgment whenever you talk Yet there's the bold, brave Spring of the tiger that quickens your walk Imagine when you go to sleep tonight, that voice, Bobby Darren, is just whispering it into your conscious mind. And as you go to sleep and the subconscious mind starts to surface, 
it's the part that's really receptive and that mellifluous voice coming to your consciousness and it's saying, I believe in you. Because in fact, the universe, the way it's set up, in order for us to exist at all, we have to believe, we have to be live, we have to, something has to believe in us. That is in fact what precipitates our existence in the universe. We live in a universe that is being, living, and believing. Okay. I'm not 100% uh, sure about believing and be living and knowing. I'd have to change it around a little bit for myself to understand it, but what I did get off on that was the seeker of truth. That is the beginning of something big. I think the minute you want to open that door to truth and say, I know not what that is, but I'm open to receive it, and you have genuine openness, and uh, that is the start of something big. Because I think in my that's how I experienced it in my life. When I humbly submitted to the unknown, which I considered to be all, all good, all, all creative, all magnificent, or let's call it love, that I found myself being enlarged as a human being. I mean, I had more compassion, more empathy, uh, because when people came into my uh, sphere of knowingness, I felt more union with them, less uh, judgment and distance. So I became bigger just by being a seeker of truth. You know why? You have the cool clear eyes of a seeker of wisdom and truth. <laughs> yeah, there's that upturned chin and the grin of impetuous youth. I hear the sound of good, solid judgment whenever you talk. Yet, there's this bold, brave spring of the tiger that quickens your walk. That's why I believe in you. Mm-hmm. I, believe I could say the same about you. Yeah. I could. If I, I c- will. Okay, I will. I did. I'd like to jump in here for a minute. Yeah, this is uh, Senator Beauregard. Well, hi, Senator. Wow. I wasn't sure if you're going to be with us tonight. You know, the Senate, the Senate is off right now uh, for its break, and they just got through passing this amazing tax bill. It's 500 pages, and uh, I, I, it's going to take them a while to figure it out. Well, yeah, they're always trying to, it's always about taxes that gets people stood up and people wanting to hold on to what they think is rightly theirs and other people who think, well, y'all to share out there. We're all in this together. So you have basically the conflict between the individual, uh, completely surrounded by themselves, and then you have the, 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 the level of awareness and attitudes of people who say, no, we're all in this together. And that is the tension that is ever-present in the course of evolution, and let alone history. And how we manage that is the challenge of, uh, of life. But whenever you get someone who, who is willing to step outside the limited viewpoint and embrace something bigger, well, by golly, it is the start of something big, and, and it's... It'll just take you over, and at some point you're going to have to surrender because at a certain point uh, your efforts uh, won't really avail you of much of anything. You're going to have to let the wind of potentiality drive you up into the horizon and take you on out into the never-ending space. Thank you, Senator. Wow, that was... What I'm aware of more than anything is that if you really choose to be bigger, that is the start of everything. <laughs> it is your choice that you want to expand your horizon, your consciousness, your heart, your love. You want to expand those things. You want to enter into moreness, I think, is your choice. And that's the beginning of it all. That is the start of something big. Well, here's the good news. Every conflict is an opportunity to get bigger. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a good one, Earl. Well, yeah, but uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, if it, 
If I could just step in here and give my interpretation of what it means like that, when you encounter something that you essentially feel resistance towards and from, and it's an invitation to come into relationship with the resistance itself. And when you collapse the resistance, you've just liberated uh, the, all the energy that was contained in the resistance. And now that energy is available to you for further creation. And that's why it's always it's a wonderful start of something big, every conflict. So when you encounter conflict, get ready to do some collapsing of the resistance, is what I like to call it. Very good, Professor. Professor, that was probably as well said as you got. You, you get it, Bonnie? Well, you know, I sort of get it. You know, I understand that it's uh, it's like a combination, and it's like uh, what Rochelle was saying earlier. You know, it's it's all about being the light that you are. What's that effect? You did say something like that, didn't you? If not, say it now. Oh, yes, it's all about being the light that you are. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> Thank you. I feel better just knowing that. And I like going back to the fact that we can choose it. I think that to me is uh, makes me feel good that I have that choice. You know, I don't have to choose more. I can choose nothing. I can choose less. I'd like to celebrate that with this. Well, it's really fun. <laughs> When my mother-in-law begins to yell and shout To the window I would like to throw her out But I resolve not to do it, here is why I'm afraid of hitting someone passing by This is my New Year's resolution While I'm at the movies watching a love scene And the lady's hat is blocking half the screen I resolve not to shout, take off that hat. I'll remove it gently with a baseball bat. This is my New Year's resolution. When I take a lovely lady out to eat, and she orders caviar instead of meat, I resolve to let the lady have her fill. Of course, I'll also let her pay the bill. This is my New Year's resolution. Come on, Sir Frederick Gass. Come on, Sir Frederick Gass. Come on, boy. When I'm sitting with my wifey on a bus, and a dear old lady stands in front of us, I resolve to be a gentleman discreet. I'll politely offer her my wifey seat. This is my New Year's resolution. Hey, Judge Rock. I resolve to rush right home now when I'm cold Cause my pop just bought a hairbrush and he's bald <laughs> This is my New Year's resolution <laughs> Hey Doodles Weaver, how about Professor Doodlebomb? On the radio this year I hope to score With some funny jokes you've never heard before I resolve not to tell a corny joke Hello, what's that? The church burned down. Holy smoke. <laughs> my ears grew revelation. Spike, Spike, how about Spike? In this coming year, I'm going to be discreet. Have the slickers playing music soft and sweet. I resolve to treat Tchaikovsky tenderly and set his second movement off with TNT. Spike Jones. Spike Jones. If you're old enough to even know who Spike Jones was, there they are. <laughs> totally silly, irreverent, crazy, Wonderful. crazy band. Spike Jones and the Slickers. And the Slickers. 
Oh, God. Well, I'm, if you've never heard Spike Jones, I hope you got to hear that and that you'll bring that spirit of Spike Jones into your next year. Because one of the things Michelle and I have is that I find myself doing absurd things all the time. And I'm especially aware of the huge amount of stuff I don't know. What that says to me is that... I have so much to learn, so anytime I step into my ignorance, by golly, that is the start of something big, because there's so much of the ignorance that is eager and ready and willing to be turned into knowledge. Not only that, but humility. Ignorance is, is, is wonderful, too, when you recognize that you don't know something. It's really wonderful. I don't know, I just feel soft and mushy. So like every not knowing could be the start of something big. Yeah, that's a good one. That's great, isn't it? So, if you're willing to go into the unknowing, which of course means you have to be willing to let go of control, there uh. lies the rub. <laughs> Rub-a-dub-dub. Mm -hmm. But just consider what it would be like to let go of some control and allow yourself to drop into a, a place that is not so not in control. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, my microphone fell off my face. <laughs> Good thing your face didn't fall off your microphone. Rochelle, by the way, <laughs> just as a recording, uh, reporting in, uh, this has been a, a little over a week since her hip has been replaced. And one week and one day. Yeah. It was replaced by the face. Whose face was it? That no, it dear. It wasn't. No. None of that. Don't oh. don't say anything oh. that's so silly no, that you no, regret it. No. no. I thrive <laughs> on silliness, as you know, Michelle. It's, it's, <laughs> but you're doing much better. The first week was tough. I have to say, Rochelle was really brave. And, and I was a little concerned because being her caretaker, the person she could order around, that uh, she was tempted to extend... Her recovery time because she could order me around that much longer. No, I'm I'm much too uh, smart because ordering you around is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> you go around the way you want to go around. It's like I asked Errol to do something and he said right away, and my reply was right away is not fast enough. <laughs> and that is the story of our relationship at this point. <laughs> and that could be the start of something big. And big <laughs> laughter is what we have. And this is Inside Out, the Naked Truth, and our show is sponsored by Go Raw. And it's the last show of 2017. And here we come, 2018. Woo, what are we going to create? What Bigness. What's the quality of the bigness that we can Yeah, create? if nothing else, resolve to be more than you were before. And it, what will help you is, well, what will help us, Rochelle? What do we need to remember? We need to remember that resistance is what we add to pain to make it last longer and hurt more, and I know that well. This could be the start of something big. Mm. 